Galatians chapter 3, I'd like to read verses 23 through 27. Galatians 3, verses 23 through 27. Paul writes, Before this faith came, we were confined under the law, imprisoned until the coming faith was revealed. The law then was our guardian until the Messiah, so that we could be justified by faith. But since that faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. For you are all sons of Yahweh through faith in the Messiah, Yeshua. For as many of you as have been baptized into the Messiah have put on the Messiah. May Yahweh bless His Word to our hearts today. We're going to cover verses 26 through 27. In the last two lessons, we've centered on the function of the law as a guardian. A guardian until the first coming of the Messiah. Before this faith came, verse 23, meaning before Yeshua the Messiah came. Everyone was shut up or imprisoned, not because the law itself is a prison, but because of our sins or transgressions against the law. Once Yeshua came and performed the works of Yahweh, the door to salvation was opened for all those who had been believing in the coming Messiah and for all those who would believe like you and I. Paul emphasized the role of the law by referring to it in Greek as a pedagogue or pedagogos, which means literally a child leader. There was a time in history when the law functioned as a child leader, and there is a time in our individual lives where the law functions this way. Once faith comes, faith in the Messiah, once we become spiritual adults, we do not throw the child leader under the bus, but we're able to move on to spiritual adulthood. We come to the Messiah, the teacher, that the guardian or the child leader was taking us to the whole time. That's what we've covered in the last two lessons. And so the next verse we come to in our study is verse 26, which says again, For you are all sons. The Greek can be sons, or in the King James Version it says, For you are all children. Either one is fine. You are all sons. You are all children of Yahweh through faith in the Messiah Yeshua. Now the first thing I want you to notice here in verse 26 is the switch that Paul makes from we to you. In verses 23 through 25, Paul uses the pronoun we three times and our one time. Now, I explained to you in the last two lessons that I believe that Paul is referencing himself and his fellow Israelites when he says we and our. The Israelites were the people specifically given the law under the Mosaic Covenant. And that's what Paul has been referring to since Galatians chapter 3, verse 17. The giving of the law, which was added 430 years after the promises were made to Abraham. So when Paul says in verse 3, before this faith, or excuse me, in verse 23, before this faith came, we were confined under the law. And then in verse 24, the law was our guardian until Christ so that we could be justified by faith 
I believe that Paul is speaking specifically of the giving of the law to the nation of Israel on Mount Sinai. That's the we and the our that Paul is referring to, himself being an Israelite from the tribe of Benjamin. But notice in verse 26 that he switches pronouns to you. For you are all sons of Yahweh through faith in the Messiah Yeshua. The you here is a reference not to Paul's kinsmen, but to the Galatian nations or the Galatian Gentiles. Those considered by the Judahites to be non-Israel, those that the Judahites would have looked upon as non-covenant peoples. For you, not we, but for you, the pronoun switches. Remember that the word Gentile or Greek is a word often used in both the Old Testament and the New Testament to denote someone who is not in the covenant. It's a word for heathens. It's a word for pagans. It's a word for idol worshipers. But here Paul is calling the you separate from the we. He's calling the you the children of Yahweh. Why? You are all children of Yahweh, he says. Why are they the children of Yahweh? Because of their faith in the Messiah. Their faith in the Messiah has taken them from outside of the covenant to inside of the covenant. Notice that little word for at the beginning of verse 26. For you are all children of Yahweh through faith in Messiah Yeshua. That word for bounces off verses 23 through 25. See, Paul talked about the law being the child leader of the people of Israel leading them to the teacher, Yeshua the Messiah, and how once faith has come, that means once Yeshua comes physically, first coming, and an Israelite places faith in Yeshua, that Israelite is no longer under the child leader function of the law. So when Paul switches pronouns from we and says, for you are all children of Yahweh through faith in the Messiah, Yeshua, Paul is telling the Galatian Gentiles that they have also arrived at the teacher. Not just we, but you too. You've arrived at the teacher. How? Through faith. They're not required. The Galatian Gentiles were not required to observe certain parts of the Torah in order to get to the teacher. They were already at the teacher by faith. Just like Abraham, and according to Paul, just like his fellow kinsmen, the Israelites. They were there by faith. So what Paul states in verse 26 is directly related to what he's already stated in verse 7. Look at verse 7 again. We went over it several weeks ago where he writes, So understand, he wants you to understand, he wants you to comprehend this, that those who have faith are Abraham's sons. Sons of Abraham are also children of Yahweh if you compare verse 7 with verse 26. In verse 7, you're called a child of Abraham. In verse 26, you're called a child of Yahweh. And it is a spiritual attachment here. Being from the bloodline of Abraham alone does not make you part of this family relationship. You can be from the bloodline of Abraham and still not be a son of Abraham through faith. And you can be from a different bloodline apart from Abraham but be a child of Abraham because you carry the characteristic and the attribute of Abraham and that attribute is faith which leads to faithfulness. The whole key here in Galatians 3 is spiritual, not physical. 
The reason a person is considered to be a child of Abraham is because they walk in the footsteps of the faith of Abraham. Just as Abraham believed the promise of Yahweh that Yahweh made to him in Genesis 15, Yahweh made him a promise, he trusted it, he believed it, so also the Galatian Gentile believes the promise that Yahweh makes to them. And they become a son or a daughter of Abraham and a son or a daughter of Yahweh by faith. Faith in the promise of Yahweh. Same thing. Sons of Yahweh, daughters of Yahweh, faith. You are all sons of Yahweh. You are all daughters of Yahweh through faith in the Messiah. So Yahweh's promise, Yahweh's promise is that He would send not just a prophet, not just a man, but Yahweh would send His only begotten Son and that all those who believe in His Son would receive eternal life. When a person, whether a circumcised Judahite, Israelite, or an uncircumcised Greek Gentile believes in that promise, they become attached to Father Abraham. And more importantly, they become attached, according to verse 26, to Yahweh. They become a child of Yahweh. How? Through faith. In this context, you're considered a son or a daughter of Yahweh by faith. Not by bloodline, not by blood, not by the will of the flesh, nor by the will of man but because Yahweh birthed you supernaturally by His Spirit. It is a spiritual birth that you cannot see happen. It's just as real as a natural birth. But you cannot see the spiritual birth happen initially because it is internal rather than external. But what you can watch is the effects of that spiritual birth that take place inside of a man or a woman. You can see the effects gradually come about in their life. What you witness is a changed life. A life that begins to love Yahweh. I was telling Brother Jerry at the beginning of the service, I have a friend of mine, Yahweh's will, he'll be here next week, that I went to high school with, and I never would have guessed that he would be interested in the things of Yahweh. Never would have guessed that. But he is. That's because we don't decide who is saved. We don't decide. We don't call those shots. We don't even pull the trigger. Yahweh does all of that. And He chooses whom He will. And we can't say, no, you can't choose that person, Yahweh, because Yahweh is in control, not Matthew, not you. So you see someone who may have had a life that didn't have anything to do with Yahweh, and all of a sudden, now they're interested in the things of Yahweh, and they want to grow in the Word, and they want to grow in the commandments, and they want to understand and learn at their pace, in their time. And what you're witnessing is the effect of a changed heart, speaking spiritually, a changed mind, speaking spiritually. You see a life that seeks Yahweh. You see a life that obeys Yahweh. A life that is humble. A life that is penitent. A life that is contrite towards Yahweh. Those are the effects that come about due to Yahweh giving a person spiritual life. It's a big blessing to be given natural life. But it's an even bigger blessing to be given spiritual life. And Yahweh is in control of both. The birth, the spiritual birth itself cannot be seen. It's internal rather than external, but you can watch the effects. So how is a person a child of Abraham? By faith. How is a person a child of Yahweh? Verse 26, by faith or through faith. Paul is letting the Galatians know, you are all children of Yahweh by faith. Not just we, not just us, but you too are children of Yahweh by faith. You've placed faith in Yahweh's promise just like Abraham. 
You don't have to convert to Judaism in order to become a child of Yahweh. That's what Paul's writing. You don't have to be a convert to Judaism to become a child of Yahweh. You become a child of Yahweh not by being a proselyte, but simply by putting faith in the promise of Yahweh, just like Father Abraham did in Genesis. That's Paul's point. But then he continues in verse 27, and he says, For, there's another for, which means because, as many of you, pronoun you again, that's the Galatian Gentiles, as have been baptized into Messiah, have put on Messiah. That word for is linked with verse 26. You have to read verse 26 and 27 together. You are all children of Yahweh through faith in the Messiah for because as many of you as have been baptized into the Messiah have put on the Messiah. Do you see with these two verses how that baptism is not opposed to faith but is linked to faith? He actually uses them synonymously here. You're children of Yahweh by faith because you've been baptized into the Messiah. Baptism is often viewed as a work that someone does after they have faith. And Christians often debate, are we saved by faith or are we saved by baptism? I think it's the wrong question altogether. Because Paul does not view baptism as a work that is extra to faith. He uses the word baptism here synonymously with putting faith in the Messiah. Paul is saying that faith and baptism are like two sides on the same coin. They're not to be pitted against each other. They're two beautiful sides to the same coin. In fact, all of these, repentance, confession, confession of sin, confession of the Messiah as Lord or Master of your life, faith and baptism are all linked together and none, according to the Bible, none of these are considered works that you do, but gifts that are given to you. Faith is a gift. You don't muster up supernatural faith. Now you might have faith that daddy will catch you when you're a little boy. He says you have faith, jump and he'll catch you. You might have that kind of faith or a faith similar to that. But you do not muster up supernatural spiritual faith on your own. It is a gift that Yahweh gives to you. And it's the same thing with repentance. Paul says in 2 Timothy chapter 2, I think maybe around verse 24, he says that the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle, able to teach, and in gentleness rebuking those that oppose themselves. Perhaps Yahweh might grant them repentance. See, repentance is a gift. It's something that has to be granted to a person. So don't get upset at somebody if they can't see, they can't repent, they don't have faith. Recognize these are gifts that our Heavenly Father gives out. And if they don't have the gift, they're not going to be able to repent. Confession is something that you do. Confessing of your sins is something that you do because the gift has been given. Baptism is something that you do because the gift has already been given. You don't desire to be baptized into Christ unless the gift is there. Unless you want to put on Christ. Unless you want to take on that ordinance or that, we might say, sacrament or that, that part of faith. So you say, Brother Matthew, are you saying that baptism is something that Yahweh does for you? For me? Yes. Baptism is not a work that you do for Yahweh. It's a work that Yahweh does for you. He attaches His Word to the water. Water is just water unless Yahweh does something supernatural through it. 
Do you remember the story in 2 Kings, I believe chapter 5, where he told Naaman through the prophet Elisha to go dip in the Jordan River seven times to be cleansed of his leprosy? It's not that the water had some type of healing qualities in and of itself. It was that Yahweh attached His Word to the water. And when Naaman, the Syrian king, obeyed, the leprosy was cleansed. So water is just water. I'm drinking a bottle of it tonight. It's just water. Unless Yahweh attaches His Word to it and His promise to it. So you say, Brother Matthew, do you believe that baptism washes away your sins? By itself, no. We could line all of Conyers up and dunk them under water. It doesn't mean all of them will be saved. By itself, no. But when it is accompanied with genuine faith, repentance, and confession, yes. Why do, why do you believe that, Brother Matthew? I believe it because of verses like these. For you are all children of Yahweh through faith in the Messiah Yeshua because as many of you as have been baptized into the Messiah have put on the Messiah. In the early church, in the book of Acts, which is the history of the early assembly, it would have been unfathomable to think of a person who placed faith in Christ who wasn't also baptized into Christ. In Acts chapter 2, after 3,000 souls repented of their sins and placed faith in the Messiah, the text tells us that they were baptized that same day. Not a month later. Not on Baptism Sunday where you can have all your kinfolk come out and watch you get baptized. That's not biblical. They were baptized that same day. That same day. In Acts chapter 8, we have the story of Brother Philip who by the Spirit of the Lord is led to this Ethiopian eunuch. And the Ethiopian eunuch is coming back from Jerusalem and he's in this carriage and he's reading the prophet Yeshayahu or Isaiah. Isaiah 52 and 53 as we call it. And Philip says, do you understand what you're reading? And the eunuch says, wisely, how can I except some man should guide me? Never look down on teachers or men who can guide you in the faith and in the Word of Yahweh. The eunuch was smart. I need a multitude of counsel. I need somebody to teach me. And so Philip began at that Scripture from the Old Testament. There was no New Testament. From the Old Testament, he began to preach the Messiah to the eunuch. That's all it says. He preached the Messiah. And then the eunuch, the next thing the text tells us is that the eunuch says, look, here's some water. What hinders me to be baptized? Now the text doesn't tell us that Philip preached baptism, but we know he must have preached baptism because the eunuch asked the question about the water. Here's water. What hinders me to be baptized? Philip said, if you believe with all your heart in the Son of Yahweh, you may be baptized. He said, I believe. He, he baptized him. No, nobody was there, just the two of them. He baptized him. That same day, in Acts 16, there was a jailer. A jailer who had jailed two of the brothers in the Messiah, Brother Paul and Brother Silas. And they were in stocks. Their arms and their feet were in stocks, in jail, in prison. And they were singing hymns and praise songs to Almighty Yahweh. They weren't complaining. They weren't murmuring. They weren't bitter. Oh, hallelujah. Let's sing some praise songs while we're in this prison. The Bible says in the middle of the night that there was this great earthquake that Yahweh sent and the doors on the prison cells shook and they, they came open. 
And all of the shackles on the prisoners came off, including Paul and Silas. And the jailer was going to pierce himself through with a sword because he figured, I'm going to be in trouble because all the prisoners are set free. And Paul said, whoa, 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 hold up. Don't kill yourself. Don't kill yourself. And fear came on the jailer and faith came on the jailer. Where do we get that faith? Yahweh gives the faith. It's a gift. Faith came on the jailer and he said, Sirs, Lords, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on Yeshua the Messiah and you will be saved, you and your household. And so then it says they preached to him the message of the Lord. And that same night, they took him and his whole household who had believed and baptized them that same night. They didn't even wait till the sun came up. That same night. Do you see how the urgency of baptism after faith shows you the importance of baptism? That it's linked with faith. Why not wait till at least in the morning? I've had people ask me, they said, I want to be baptized. And I say, well, let's go do it. Well, I'm not ready right now. I've got this thing going on tonight. One person told me one time. Or I want to wait until all my family can come together and watch. No. That same day, that same night... I baptize people in the middle of the night out here in this creek. We baptized Brother Bobacar over in Brother Arnold's big garden tub in the middle of the night after we shared the gospel message with him about baptism. And we took him that same night. We didn't wait. We didn't wait till the feast. We didn't wait till the next Sabbath. That same day, that same night. There's in Jackson Lake, I baptized many people. Over there at High Rock, I baptized many people. When somebody says, Listen, I have faith, I want to be baptized, I say, Let's go do it. Let's stop what we're doing. And let's put the spiritual in front of the natural. See, we get so caught up in the natural that we forget the things of the spirit. Amen. So there is no such thing in the New Testament early assembly as an unbaptized believer because they would baptize them immediately after they professed faith in the Messiah. They were all children of Yahweh. How? Through faith. Because as many as had been baptized in the Messiah had done what? Had put on the Messiah. That's the last part of verse 27. According to this passage in Galatians 3.27, we put on or are clothed. Think of a, a robe, a perfect robe of righteousness, speaking spiritually. We put that on in baptism according to Galatians 3.27. See, baptism is an Old Testament concept that's carried over into the New Testament. It's not a new concept in the New Testament. Remember, when Yohanan the baptizer, John the Baptist, when he came on the scene and he preached a baptism unto repentance, right? None of the Israelites said, whoa, 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 what's this? This is new. This is all new law. We don't know what this is. No, they all knew what it was. Why? Because it was an Old Testament concept carried over into the New Testament. There were many times in the Old Testament where washings, which is probably the best way to translate baptizo from Greek into English as to be washed, there were many washings in the Old Testament like when the priests, before they would serve in the tabernacle or the temple, they would baptizo. They would wash themselves before they served. Or when a man or a woman became ceremonially unclean because of an issue of blood or an oozing sore or something like that, before they would go to the tabernacle to offer sacrifice, they would have to perform a baptism. They would have to wash themselves before entering the tabernacle. The act of washing symbolize their impurity before Almighty Yahweh. You can't just show up. This is what baptism teaches us. You can't just show up 
and carry on a conversation with the Creator. He's the Creator for crying out loud. He created my eyelashes. The very hairs of my head are numbered. He created that big bright sun in the sky. You can't just show up and talk to Him casually. Like people say today, I hear it all the time, the Lord spoke to me. It's like the Lord speaks to people every day. Like it's just a common occurrence. I believe the Lord can speak to you. I don't believe everybody that says that the Lord spoke to them. I test it by this. I test it by this. If somebody tells me that the Lord spoke to them something contrary to the Word, I know it wasn't the Lord speaking. But if they tell me something that is in line with the Word, then I believe that Yahweh could speak to them. I believe that Yahweh may have spoken to them. So you've got to wash first because you're filthy in Yahweh's sight. You're filthy in Yahweh's sight. You're a man of unclean lips like the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 6. You're filthy in His sight. And that's what it means to be baptized into the Messiah. Baptism into Christ means we're trusting in the promise of Yahweh. We're not doing a work to merit or earn the favor of Yahweh. That's not what baptism is. We are acknowledging in baptism that we cannot earn Yahweh's favor. Think about that. Next time you see somebody get baptized... They're acknowledging, I can't earn Yahweh's favor. I'm filthy. I need to be washed. Think about it like that. We're unclean. It's Yahweh's gift to us, not our gift to Him. Just like repentance, just like faith. And when in faith, repentance, and confession, when all of those are together, there's genuine faith, repentance, and confession, and baptism into the Messiah. We are cleansed of our filth and we're clothed. We put on the Messiah. When Yahweh looks down from heaven and sees you that are truly baptized into Christ, He sees the robe of Christ. Not Matthew's filth, but the robe of perfect righteousness of His Son, our Messiah, our kinsman Redeemer. You are a child of Yahweh through faith. For as many of you as have been baptized into the Messiah have put on the Messiah. You're different now. Yahweh looks at you as being clean spiritually, ceremonially, because you've put on new clothes. He knows that you're not good enough. That's why He sent His Son. He knows you're not good enough. That's why He made the way of salvation. Salvation is a gift. So baptism, when done in faith and repentance and confession, does wash away a person's sins. Not naturally. It's not like taking a bath, Peter says. It's not like your sins are hanging on your skin and you've got to get in the water so you can wash your sins off of your, your, your hairs on your arms. That's not what baptism is about. But it's the answer of a good conscience towards Yahweh by the resurrection of Christ. It's a spiritual thing. It is a ceremonial thing. It's a ceremonial act under the new covenant. You become pure. You put on the Messiah. For you are all children of Yahweh through faith in the Messiah, Yeshua. For as many of you as have been baptized into the Messiah have put on the Messiah. As I close, let me restate the big picture here because sometimes we get to the individual verses and we forget about the big picture of the epistle. The Galatian Gentiles, uncircumcised Gentiles, and even the women were considered to be heathen nations. They had placed their faith in the Messiah they had been baptized into the Messiah according to this verse. But they were being told by the Judahites or the Judaizers that they weren't really the children of Yahweh because they hadn't converted to Judaism. They hadn't proselytized. They went through the ritual prescriptions. 
the men had not went through, the women had not went through, and the Judaizers were saying, you're not really saved until you do these things. At worst, or at best, you're second class, you're not equal with us. And Paul says, that's wrong. You are all children of Yahweh through faith in the Messiah. And you've already put on the Messiah when you were baptized into the Messiah. Your filth has been washed away. You're a new creation in Christ. Yahweh has cleansed you from all of your sins. And therefore we have verses 28 through 29, which I won't get into today. But therefore, because of that, look at verse 28 and 29. There is no Jew or Judahite or Greek, slave or free, male or female, for you are all one in the Messiah, Yeshua. And if you are Christ's, or if you belong to Christ, to the Messiah, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Brothers and sisters, it's all about being in the Messiah. Your identity is found in the Messiah. You want the new creation. Your identity is not found in who you are in the natural, but it's found in who you are in Christ. In Christ. So I'll get into that. I'm very excited. If there was a verse or verses that I thought summed up the book of Galatians best, it would be Galatians 3, 28-29. And next month I plan on using all three of my sermons to teach on those two verses. And so... Let's stand and have a word of prayer as we close. Almighty Yahweh, thank You so much for another time of study in Your Word. Thank You for the ability to to teach Your Word. Yahweh, I pray that You would help us to believe it. I pray, Yahweh, that if there's anyone that doesn't have faith in Christ or hasn't been baptized into Christ, that You would place it in their spirit to do so. Yahweh, You are the potter and we are the clay. Thank You for molding us and shaping us. Thank You for putting faith within us. I love You, Yahweh. I believe in You, Yahweh. I believe in Your Son. I'm thankful to be part of the family. Bring us back here next week to observe the Sabbath and Pentecost and the new moon. And we'll have a good time praising You and fellowshipping with the family of faith. Forgive us of our sins, Yahweh. Help us to forgive our neighbor when they sin against us. I pray all these things through Your Son, Yeshua. Amen. Amen.